If we want to come up with reasons as to why we are victims, the list will be long. Being mishandled, rejected, mistreated, disrespected. I mean, it's like trying to find a piece of hay in a haystack. (laughs) But is that worth it? Victims are not free people. They give other people and situations credit for the way that they think, the way that they believe, and the way that they behave. So let's figure it out. Are you a victim or are you free? Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What is going on, Blenders? I believe we have a great episode in store. I want it to be one of the shorter ones. I want it to be just a quick, quick little punch in the gut, some information that we get to chew on. Not too much of it, but just enough. But I've said this in the past, and I've lied, and I've lied hard. Those have been some of my longer episodes, actually. So we'll see what happens. But we are talking about victimhood. Specifically, are you still a victim? And I feel like this conversation is as pertinent as ever, considering the state of society. And I think this is, you know, rampant in the U.S. especially, but it likely exists in other regions, countries, continents as well. But victimhood is a badge of honor these days. And it's one thing to have gone through something and then to be able to look it in the face and say, I've conquered that and I'm blazing a trail so that other people that have experienced what I have They have the resources, the means, the support to know that they can also survive. So they also understand that they can conquer this thing that has had success in their life. This thing that has caused whether great turmoil or distress, whatever. That's a whole different thing. But the victimhood that I'm referring to that we'll be talking about today uh, pertains to the pointing of the finger. Much of that. And again, A lot of that does happen as a result of things that were outside of our control and unfair treatment or whatever the case. But when we base our lives, our understanding, and we view things from a perspective of victimhood, blaming others or circumstance on what's produced in our lives and how we see the world and how it works, that's a, a huge issue. And it makes necessary the question and the answer of whether we are still a victim. And you know what? If you've lived past the the age of like one years old, (laughs) it's likely that you have been victimized. And this is because babies get dropped. So even not younger than one years old. But we are subject to imperfect human beings as much as my wife and I love our children dearly and we want the best for them and we want to care for them as adequately as possible we i can honestly say all of them have been victimized at our hands whether because it was a bad day for us and we were just responding poorly whether it's misunderstanding and being naive concerning what's best practice 
for raising an individual in a certain circumstance or other things. But all of us have been victimized at one point or another. And obviously the opportunity to experience this only increases as we get older. So we've been talked about, gossiped about by people there. It's a possibility that there's been forms of abuse, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or even sexually. Many of us have experienced all types of forms of rejection. Maybe some of us here have been cheated on, whether in a previous relationship or in a relationship that we are in right now. There are other forms of division or deception that we have been subject to or we've just experienced the unfairness of life and random tragedy that, again, we didn't do anything to earn, nor could we have done anything to avoid. Like we are victimized or rather we are subject to victimization at different stages, at different points, moments, instances at by different hands, including our own and again, our own poor decision making. So if you're listening to this episode, my voice right now, you have been victimized at one point or another. So the question is, are you still a victim? Are you still processing things from that perspective? Are you holding on to things, whether knowingly or unknowingly, that are shaping your life and your behavior? Are you still holding on to carrying or are you burdened by experiences, the emotional scars or the idea of what transpired in your life previously? And as some of you are listening, it's possible that you are in the middle of the process. You've had some either recent revelation or you've understood for a while that there's been this thing or these things that have hindered you and some work has been necessary, whether therapy, confronting individuals or revisiting conversations, just doing the work necessary in order to get right. And that is not the easiest process. That can be a difficult task, especially if what you have experienced was all the more traumatic. But there are others where you can't necessarily pinpoint anything in particular or this idea of still being a victim is lost on you. Maybe you can recall some instances or some things that were unfair in life and some things that did affect you for a period of time or maybe should have affected you and you don't really have an understanding concerning how it may play in your life or what it may contribute in your current dealings right now. But that's exactly why this question is important. We are asking it so that we can then take a look, do the work necessary, probably get somebody involved in the process so that we can be sure that we are no longer victimized by the past, by the things that we were once affected by, whether knowingly or unknowingly. And if uh, you're doing this process, you're kind of figuring out, hey, am I am I a victim? Am I like still struggling with these things or that thing, that moment that happened that was big at the time? 
then there are some symptoms that I've identified that you will probably be able to relate to. I'll go uh, from top to bottom. There are four of them. The first one is someone or something receives credit for the way that you think, believe and behave. So if you can point the finger and say, for instance, my parents raised me in this way and therefore I act like this, whether it's something that we are reproducing or it is something that we are running in the opposite direction of. And therefore, they are credited for, again, the way that we think, the way that you believe and the way that you behave. And I will say it is difficult to avoid adopting defensive mechanisms or certain behaviors that are set up to protect us. They serve us in that way. Maybe they did for a period of time in the past, or we don't want to enter into a situation again that makes us vulnerable to some of the same treatment. So for instance, if someone was in an abusive relationship, you are likely to be hyper vigilant, especially if you have a child. And if that was a really just rough period of life, you've escaped it and you never want to enter into that again. And that's a good thing. However, if we are crediting something or someone for the way that we live our lives, then we are handing over our power and our power isn't just what we do. It's also the reason and the purpose behind whatever it is that we do. It is our why. So if our why is credited to a former relationship, a previous situation, a former trauma, then it's just a corrupted way of seeing things and going about doing things. And please understand that there is nothing wrong with forming and understanding and recognizing patterns for the sake of increasing your likelihood of having success. So if you've been on a a first date before and you were you addressed a subject matter that was not good, you were talking about whether a previous relationship or you're talking about your your bowel movements or something like that. Hey, that's good that you are slightly traumatized by their reaction to you touching on that subject and therefore you make the changes so that on your next first date. It's not as ridiculous, but it's another thing when what you've experienced shapes your entire understanding about things and totally changes the way that you, again, think, believe and behave. You want to increase your likelihood of having success while also avoiding some of those familiar pitfalls or bad situations, but you don't want to totally give up your power as you credit everything else for the way that you function. And the second symptom is never and always contracts. Now, I believe I've, I've talked about this on a previous episode, but there was a point, I think I was in my early 20s, which is fairly young, you know, pretty pretty dumb at that point in my life, but I had gotten out of a relationship and dude, I could have, yeah, I was like 21, 22. I was in a relationship and I had no desire. I set up a contract in myself where I would just never give myself fully to another female. And that contract 
showed up and this is obviously something that you know I decided within myself but I feel like I was just felt so strongly at that moment and eventually I come across my my now wife Margot and that contract would present itself legally in situations where I would attempt to give myself fully and I felt the resistance there and I had to revisit this promise that I made that I was so serious about because I was hurt. I was hurting. So I just didn't want to put myself in another vulnerable situation. And then I found myself in one married and needing to be vulnerable for the sake of our relationship being successful. But I had to identify that contract and rip it up. That was my never. And then I had an always as well. This is another kind of traumatic instance for me but there was a friend of mine and he reached out to me he wanted to just connect throw the football around and just to spend some time together and I decided not to do that for the sake of spending time with one of my exes so instead of heading out with him he had come back in town from college and so we didn't hang out I just hung out with my my ex-girlfriend and eventually he would go on to pass away i think it was it had to have been something like a six months to a year later and i was just broken i was hurt uh obviously as a result of his passing eventually she's an ex-girlfriend for a reason (laughs) we broke up and then another just contract was established like a promise within myself where i was just like i will always put like my friends in these intimate relationships, they will always be not just a significant factor, but I just wouldn't put another woman on that type of pedestal. And I'll always, it wasn't necessarily a bros before, you know, the H word ordeal, but it was like, this is not, there, there won't be this competing factor and I will maintain a level of selfishness as well as individualism, which is a good thing. It's good to have those things in place. Um, However, it just became this warped and corrupted thing because of what it was founded on. It was founded on hurt. And therefore, again, I find myself in this relationship with my now wife. And there's this this selfishness, this individualism, this escapism (laughs) that I just had And I carried into this relationship to the point where sometimes I would like legit just disappear. Like I'm done with whatever it is that we're doing. Never on like a one on one date. It was more of a group setting type situation. Um, But I would be like, you know what? I'm kind of done here. So I'm going to head out or and I just wouldn't say anything. So there was just like this this contract that I again, I eventually had to address. And what is your never? What is you're always if for you, it's all men cheat. Is that the contract that you've signed for yourself for you? Is it never will I ever get married again? I'll never commit myself to another individual again. What is your never? What is your always? It's important for us to identify if we have any contracts or any uh, promises that we've made to ourselves founded on hurt. And therefore, it's just this corrupted and warped understanding and approach toward a lot of relation relational things but a lot of behavioral things as well
And then there's a third thing, and that's uh, becoming hardened. That can be a, a symptom of uh, experiencing victimhood or still being in a place of victimhood. And if you listen to my previous episode, you'll have a, a decent idea of what I mean by becoming hardened. It's when you arrive at a point where you become rigid, cold, uh, a lot more lifeless, and that can look like a minimal amount of investment in some of those intimate relationships, or generally speaking, you have less energy. And then there's also just an increased rate of irritability or a lacking desire to engage again in some of those more intimate relationships. And another severe consequence of becoming hardened is arriving at a point where your beliefs, how you understand things or the conclusions that you draw about people or situations or life in general, it's not really subject to change. It's arrived at a point of permanence. This is the final understanding of this thing, of this person, of this whole scenario, and you're not really moving from that place. And being hardened can start off as attempting to develop thicker skin or exercising your right to defend or protect yourself so that you aren't so deeply hurt again. But it can result in hardening if we don't address this question, really, and identifying that I have actually been hurt. And there are times where we don't want to say it out loud. We don't want to admit it to ourselves or we don't want to give that power away and say this thing affected me to this degree but sometimes we have to do that we just have to say hey this thing that moment that actually hurt a ton i'm not entirely sure why but i know it did hurt and at that point we can we're honest with ourselves, and we can start to address it from there we're going to get into that a bit later but let me go ahead and address the fourth one that being unable to forgive the inability to forgive people, to forgive yourself, are symptoms of still being a victim and subject to whatever it is or whomever it was that hurt you. And there is a population where the inability to forgive is just blatant and it's just like, I will never forgive this person. You've said that out loud and you mean it. And it's the truth, like it's you you just have no desire to forgive that person. However, when we don't forgive people, when we hold them hostage to whether a moment in time or who they've shown up to be time and time again, we just cannot get over what it is they've done or what it what it is that they do. We're really putting ourselves in prison. We think we are the warden of their prison cell and we place them in there and the society as well as ourselves were protected from them, but it's really us that end up in that cell locked up. And if you've, again, if you are the blatant population where it's just like, I can't forgive this person, it's great that you know that you have unforgiveness and you just have to be able to do that. You have to, or there is a relinquishing of the power. What I've mentioned, there are the contracts, the promises that you've made to yourself. You have become hardened and we can't be forgiven unless we've forgiven. We first have to forgive and there's freedom in that. And many of people are in bondage because they are not free as a result of that very thing. And then there is another population. I'm not sure 
if this is a more significant percentage. But those folks, and this includes myself for a while, did not know that they were harboring unforgiveness. Like these are people that I, whether I can be around, I don't necessarily desire to be around, or there have been people where I've said that I forgive them, but I, through prayer, through looking at myself and recognizing some of these symptoms in me, I can see that, hey, nope, there's still some uh, forgiveness that needs to happen, some genuine forgiveness and just keeping that process going. And sometimes it's not just a one time declaration of, oh, I forgive them. Let's move on. A lot of times it's like an analyzing and a uh, consistent expression of forgiveness because our hearts and minds, sometimes they do their own thing. We have our reasoning and whatnot, and we come to, we, we arrive at moments where it's just like, I'm relinquishing this thing, but still we have this reaction in our bodies or our minds go places and take us down that, that moment down to that instance. And then we recycle the unforgiveness. So that's something that we have to revisit time and time again. Sometimes it would be great if it was a one time thing and we can just wash our hands and be done with it. But sometimes that's just not the case. So those are the four symptoms of evidence that you are likely still a victim. And maybe this is you're celebrating the fact that it is just one percent of you that is subject and 99% of you is free. Nonetheless, at best, we are hindered if any of those things, those symptoms are present in our life. And worst case scenario, we are severely handicapped in the way that we live. Again, the way that we think, the way that we believe and how we approach life, how we conduct ourselves. If we have those symptoms present, if we are still a victim in any capacity, then there is a freedom that we have yet to attain. And I also want you guys to know that this is actually a constant practice as far as asking this question, am I still a victim? Because as I kind of briefly mentioned, like we can go through these processes and these cycles and revisit some of the old difficulties and re-victimize ourselves, put ourselves back in that situation a bit or in that position where we're pointing the finger, crediting someone else for things, or we're like put gluing together, taping together that old contract that we made with ourselves, And that can be done unconsciously. So it's important for us to revisit the, the victim question. And it's also something that we do consistently so that we are freed and so that we remain free. And this is actually what healthy people do. They revisit the moments of their life, especially those that stand up to them or stick out that affect them in one way or another. And they pause and they reflect, whether on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and they just assess themselves. How am I doing? This thing impacted me this way. I had this reaction. Let me figure out what that was about. It's not enough for us to just live our lives in such a way that we are just reacting to things or burying things. We have to look these moments. We have to look ourselves. We have to look our children, stepchildren, our partner, our past. We have to look these things in the face and determine how we are impacted by them. If not, then we are become victims of them. 
and victims are not free. There is no badge of honor for the victim. It can definitely serve as an excuse for poor behavior, poor performance, or a lack of production in areas of your life. But is that worth it? Is that really worth it? Why not be free? Why not be able to take full authority for what it is you do or don't do? Why not think and believe according to your values and the purpose that you have for your life and the expectation and the hope that you have for the lives of other people? So while this society and those throughout are celebrating their victimhood, believing that it gives them more credibility as well as a cop out, while also pointing the finger because something wasn't fair or someone didn't treat them according to their expectations. There are so many people that have been treated unjustly, harmed in all types of despicable ways. But you know what? It's often the people that have been through much that we honor, that we hold at high esteem because we know a bit of their story. And much of it is filled with those trials, with that turmoil, that heartbreak. And nonetheless, they had the conviction necessary to overcome, to do something great with their lives and then even blaze the trail for other people. I believe that that can be the story or the outcome of each of us if we're able to identify that we have been victimized answer the question as to whether we are still a victim or not. And if the answer is yes, that's amazing. That's amazing that you were able to assess and accurately determine, yes, I am still a victim. I'm still subject to these things. And that can be the beginning for you and those that you are an example for and those that you will share your story with. So while this is a bit shorter of an episode, I clearly lied. (laughs) I clearly lied to you and that's okay. I hope you guys got something from it. You guys are awesome and we will talk soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.